Imagine building an organization that provides not just for you and your family, but for the families of hundreds more. A brand recognized as a leader in your field. Why is it that some leaders are able to inspire a team and have a profound impact on our world, while others attempt to beat their teams into submission through micromanagement and managers who, regardless of title, are not leaders, costing their business to lose great talents and resources through attrition and toxic culture, ultimately running a great brand right into the ground? There is something else at play here, and we want to know why. It's your brand. Protect it. Protect it from both the outside and inside of your organization. Welcome to Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, alongside co-host David Morrow. We explore great leaders, great brands, and the reasons why they succeed. We also take a look at stories of toxic cultures and the fall of some iconic brands. We'll play brand trivia and interview some of the leading entrepreneurs in today's business world. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the episode, and please don't forget to subscribe and follow. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody, to the Brandology Podcast. I'm your host, David Morrow. In the studio today is my illustrious co-host, Mark Mosher. Mark, how are you today? Illustrious. I love it when you use big words to introduce me, David. That's well, I, awesome. I'm I, doing I, great. There's a new app I found on my phone for looking up words that you when you, don't, like word when you day don't really mean them. Yeah, words for coworkers that you don't really mean, and <laughs> illustrious came up for you. That you don't really mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how, how's everything going today? Good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, today is a wonderful day. Yeah. All right, good. Good, good, good. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. Today in the studio, we have Kylie Foster. Kylie, welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're excited about having you. So you are uh, reporting from Columbus, Indiana, right? Home That's of great right. architecture, Cummins International, a bunch of other great businesses. And um, we would like to know kind of, you know, who you are, what you do. Um, if you can kind of just share that with the audience, we'll start right from the top. Sure. Well, hello to all your loyal followers. I know you have built up quite a brand yourself. Um, yeah, I'm Kylie Foster, Columbus, Indiana, uh, for 20 years now. I just launched a business, um, the Moxie Group. Uh, been at that for a while now. Uh, it is a marketing and consulting firm, and we just help businesses grow. Uh, is our primary business principle. Is, is how do we accelerate company success is what we focus on. Um, prior to the Moxie Group, I have been in corporate America, um, always had my eye on brands um, from the very beginning, um, even from the early days when I had to cold call for eight hours um, to... Um, Mark like loves that. Mark <laughs> loves doing that. He, yeah, he I don't know anybody in the world that loves that well, more than me. You know, it, <laughs> he, he loves days when I'm like, guess what we're doing tomorrow? We are calling strangers. We're just going to call strangers who want to hang up on us. Oh my gosh, isn't that the truth? I mean, I've I heard no so many times that I just started pretending they said next, and I just kept yep. going. So. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to steal that. That's really yeah. good, Kylie. Thank you. You kind of have to have that <laughs> attitude to survive. So, um, And then, yes. like I mentioned, I've, I've launched some pilot programs for some major um, QSR pro um, companies, and then um, worked with some industrial companies and environmental companies, just um, focusing on growing 
revenue um, and building relationships really. So brand has always been important to me. That's great. What what yeah, problems absolutely. are you? Yeah. What problems are you most passionate about solving? Oh gosh, I would probably say um, one of my primary focuses is just uh, productivity. Um, so often um, we don't realize how much time is lost in the day. Um, and then just employee engagement. Believe it or not, I, I believe the, your people are the face of your company. And so I, I kind of really enjoy staying in those two sectors of the business, um, focusing on the tools that we have. Are they efficient? Are there some that are in you know extreme right. in the sales world? We're often... Um, asked to document everything uh, is that really necessary um you know and then and just employee engagement is something i really think is important for um growth yeah you know you bring up a really good point um that's one of the kind of the shared foundational beliefs if you will that david and i have is that we believe if you if you have the right people if you select the right people and you have them performing the right task that they're suited for that it creates a positive culture that actually grows a company that's kind of really what you just said would that be a fair statement you think you said it better than i did yes <laughs> i agree yes yeah yeah we believe a, a lot in culture and it's you know it even goes back to to leadership you know because really leadership drives that culture a lot of times so you know there's a lot of different components to it a lot of moving parts but you know, it's, it's really from the top down. And that's what I love about working with David and our team is that it, it's really, you know, when you share that vision and you share that uh, excitement and that passion and the culture just gets bigger. And then you turn around and you look and you're like, oh my gosh, we've really grown. We've done a really good job. Um, so yeah, it's neat to see other people that, that share that. Yep. I 100% agree. You know, a bold culture is necessary these days because everyone's fighting for the same talent. And so having that vision from the leadership side of things um, really allows everyone to get on board. And I, I think the book is get the right people on the bus, you know, so right, just yep. keeping them yes. on the bus once they're there. So yeah. that's exactly it. That's an old Jim Jim Collins phrase. Mm -hmm. um, you you mentioned the uh, the the productivity aspect and how not everything needs to be documented. I think that's really important uh, because it's, it, can you elaborate on that? Because I, the way I look at that is there's so many, you know, there's so many organizations that focus on either micromanagement or reporting for the sake of checking boxes and it takes its busy work. It's not, it's not even the metric that you're measured by, right? If you're in sales, you're measured by a certain quota. If you're in marketing or service delivery, you have certain customer satisfaction, you know, right. things that, that, that you have to meet. And yet they bog you down with mundane, ridiculous reporting. Right. You know, you do one, you do one act, you have to report it five times. Like that's wrong. It's not, it's inefficient. It's poor management. Stop doing it, right? I agree with you. I don't know if everyone would agree with us, but I think it's more um, a tactic for managers to use because they're lazy at times and they yeah. just want to report to show what yeah. they're doing. And if you're truly engaged in your company, um, you know what's happening in the field. 
And I love working in the business. You know, you have to work on the business as well. Um, but if the leadership is strong and the direction is set and, and the job descriptions are understood, let people go out there and do what they're passionate about and what their skill set really sets them up to be successful for. And, yep. you know, it's if you're not focused on that and you're only focused on going back and just recording every single cold call, every single email, every single um, lunch you took to somebody, um, you're not really engaged in the moment. And I think that's important. It, it almost seems like they're like they're not organized, right? Be, meaning if my sales crew does a task, right? And they report it in one system or one wherever, right? Your CRM or where, whatever it is, right? It should be organized to the point where if I have any questions, I can just go to the system and see right. it rather than having them fill out a report for me. And then my regional boss, they, they need to fill out a report for them. And then there's another regional overlay. They need to fill out a report for them. Now they're doing one task or 10 tasks and they have to report on it 50 times. It's it's very inefficient. And I'm just, you know, I, I see that so many times as we do technology for organizations that's part of what we talk about, right? It's like, why why do we have six systems here? Like why why is somebody doing one task and reporting on it five times? Why not report on it once? Because that's fair, right? Sure. But then Absolutely. the rest of everybody has to get organized to see that and slice that data, to mm-hmm. be able to read it. A single pane of glass so that it's meaningful data. Yep. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. Hey, Mark, are you excited about this uh, 2021 Female Leadership Summit? Oh, David, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait. I am I am really pumped about it. The 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit is going to be your opportunity to access a wealth of leadership insight from a world-class faculty we've put together, ready to equip and inspire you regardless of your field or industry. Yeah, so each chosen leader will provide a short you know, five to 10 minute presentation on culture on leadership and practical ways to help you succeed. Um, There'll also be a panel discussion on hot topics. Uh, the belief female leadership matters is more important today than ever before. Absolutely, that's why the 2021 Brandology Female Leadership Summit will give you access to this unique group of world-class faculty who will share their distinct perspectives, inspiring and equipping you with practical skills you can use right away. That's right. And some of the topics our leaders will dive into will be 
agile and inventive leadership methods, identifying practical methods to better manage your time, how a positive culture also improves productivity, and how to leverage advances in technology to achieve that. Overcoming fear and negative self-talk, creating collaborative dynamics in teams, and leading through crisis. So don't miss the 2021 Female Leadership Summit only on Brandology Podcast. So subscribe and download the episodes to be notified of this upcoming event. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you. I'm interested. So you started um, your business. What what brought you to that decision? You've been in you know large yeah, corporations, and you yeah. How do what what was the the leaping board? What was the springboard to to push you forward? That's a great question. Um, I think I was kind of shoved forward, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a door closed for me, and it was a little unexpected. Um, but sometimes when you're with companies, your visions and uh, just grow in different directions. And so I just kind of looked back and took a week and said, gosh, here's what I really love about what I've been doing over the last 15 years. And here are the things I could really get away from and not be sad. Um, and so I just thought about it and just said, why not? Why not me? Why not us? Um, we have some great references, some great networks I could utilize to help companies. And that's really all I've cared about. Um, I'm generally um, interested in in helping uh, companies grow. And this is this sector, this avenue has allowed me to do that. Um, you know, so many times consultants get a bad rap. It's kind of like we go in and say, this is all you're doing wrong and you need to, you need to change this and change that. And you know, maybe somebody's approach is that, you know, our philosophy is go in and help us learn about your business. um, And then let us see how we can improve on it. I mean, Dave, you you talked about the redundancy of things. Sometimes it's just going in and saying, why are we duplicating efforts? You guys, you know, we're doing this one thing five times that saves you another body that saves you less hassle uh, at the end of the day. Um, So, you know, this platform allows us to just say, hey, let's help you improve what you're dissatisfied with, not tell you how to run your business. That's good. That's really good. So what um, what are some of the things like some of the initiatives that you have going now? You just started your business. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, what tools and systems are you leveraging to to get your word out, to advertise your own brand and to service clients? Well, we have to use all kinds of omni channels, right? I mean, to do single uh, advertisement no longer works. Mm-hmm. Uh, have to be privy to the latest and the greatest. And so uh, we obviously are on all social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Um, we're on LinkedIn. It's been a a really nice surprise what LinkedIn has done for us. I think that's how I met you guys. So that was an awesome just chance encounter. Um, And so we're utilizing the platforms, um, getting into some of the um, learnings that we can find for um, consumers, what they care about, what they don't care about how to avoid the scrolling. You know, I think we're all in this um, mindset, unfortunately, where we get pushed so much data that it's just um, it's information overload almost. It is, yeah. it's mindless. Yeah, yeah we're, we're trying to bring back the personal interaction, mm-hmm. the sit down meetings, um, figuring that less is more. And mm-hmm. we really wanna 
um, be partners with people and not just transactions. Um, we're not just looking to, to do a, a deal with you and then for you to go away. We want to build a partnership. Yeah, that's that brings up a really good aspect. And that's something I know David's a part of as well is that having that humor, human interaction. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I would I would rather sit down in a room full of strangers uh-huh. than Zoom with three people I know. Right? <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. I just really would. I'm, that's that's just the way I'm wired. And I think, yeah, with with what we've had to go through with the pandemic, we've lost that. But it is it is very productive and you get so much more out of it. And it's so much uh, such richer conversation that way. So how is that being said, how has the pandemic affected your business? Well, um I've only been at this 90 days now, so I'm just learning and navigating my way through it. Um, fortunately, um, there's an ability to sit across the table. Like you said, Mark, it's um, that sales cycle is shortened so much when you yeah. can truly understand what the client needs and not make assumptions and Zoom calls are great, um, but um, it hasn't really affected us. Um, we're just getting out there, boots on the ground, knocking on doors, um, leveraging some networks that we're in um, and just asking, who do you know who needs help? You know, we're, we're trying to save time more than anything. Everyone can post on LinkedIn, everyone can be on Facebook, uh, but what is that taking away from your business? Um, if you have a new set of eyes come into your to your company, sometimes that just saves you from um, hiring someone you may or may not need. Um, just getting yep. a fresh perspective that you know I can go away, I can I can work with you for sixty days, and you can bring me such back. Such a good point. That's such a good point because businesses want to save money, right? They want to be as profitable as possible, but they know that they have issues and they know that they have challenges. Mm-hmm. So. How do they address those? And oftentimes it's, well, let's hire a guy or let's hire a gal to do this. Let's hire a body. And then they're stuck with them and it doesn't work. And it's really expensive. People are really expensive. And not just in just the cost of healthcare, salaries, payroll, et cetera. It's everything else, right? It's all the time that it takes to to train people and all that. And so if they can have somebody like you come in and say, here's what the model needs to look like. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't need a full-time person here, here, and here, but by using this service, you can get this done, this other service, you can get this done, right? And then it saves them from all of that headache and all that, that drain on time. That's really good. I, I mean, I agree. And, and we and we circle back to brand. I think that's one of the last things, unfortunately, that people focus on. And so we want you to be excited about seeing your brand on all of these platforms, um, excited when people talk about your brand. And so that's one of the biggest um, incentives that we are pushing for is just talking to people about keeping that brand modern, um, keeping it lively, refreshing it on occasion. Uh, It doesn't have to be through um, enormous channels to do so. It's just taking small tasks at a time and um, keeping up to date with what you really want your company to say to your audience. Now, that's good because I think I think sometimes people get lost and don't realize um, what a driving force and how impactful the brand is. I mean, that's that's an organization's identity. Yeah. And David and I see it being in uh, cybersecurity. We work with organizations sometimes too late into an incident mm-hmm. to even save their brand because that's it's so powerful. Just what 
word of mouth or reputation or, you know, heaven forbid somebody has a breach and David and I have seen it, that it, it hurts the brand to the point that it actually shutters the business. And so that's why we are, we tell people we're in the brand protection business. We're, we're here to protect your brand. Uh, so yeah, that's, it's, it's good to hear that you share the, the value statement of a, of a brand. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, people think nothing about hiring sales and marketing and getting a website and being on Facebook and being on LinkedIn and spending money that way, but yet they're not protecting themselves from underneath and from the sides. And then all of a sudden we get engaged and they now have to tell all of their customers they've lost all of their personal data. How's that going to go? Like literally one of my, like one of the first things we talk to people about are, have we called law enforcement? Have we do have we engaged a PR firm? Because you might have been around for 60 years, nobody cares. Like yep. literally, literally it could be gone in a matter of a few months if you don't act immediately and get ahead of this, right? Yep. And and we've got to do a root cause analysis, we've got to find out what happened and then, you know, in, and then kind of like just circle the wagons. Right. And they, they just don't think it because they're like, look, it's just a bunch of spreadsheets. Right. Got some data. So what? It's like, dude, it's not about the spreadsheets. Who yeah. cares about the data itself? It's the yeah. fact that you have to now be exposed as being negligent. There's right. going to be lawsuits. There's going to be bad PR. There's going to be the media involved. It's ugly. Yeah. You're going to have your name on the on in Indiana. We've got the attorney general's list. It's like the wall of shame. Yeah, you don't think list. businesses look at that list before they do business? They absolutely do. So, well, and it's, it's probably a, a lack of education. I mean, even myself as a new business owner, I, I would need a story. You know, they talk about selling through stories so much, yep. showing me that individual who lost everything, uh, as terrible as that is, but then that hits my emotions, right? And so- Exactly, it sinks in, yeah. it resonates. Yeah, sometimes it's hard. Like it's just that same thing of going back through and being inundated with so much stuff. And you think, what is cyber cybersecurity? Well, I'm not educated on what my risks are. And so um, continuing to tell that story, I think is important. Well, all you need to do, in, in my opinion, is just do the best practices, right? Do a little bit, do, do layers. As long as you're doing a little bit, when the bad press hits, you can be like, well, we trained everybody. We had this, the, the, you know, security incident, vent monitoring, things were things were looking, things were working, we were watching things, and yeah, it happens. Well, you're not gonna you're not gonna be that hurt then. Like you were doing everything that anybody reasonably could do, but most people don't even do those things. That's yeah, doing doing nothing is not an option. Yeah, doing nothing is not an option. That's a negligence lawsuit or yeah. a statutory lawsuit. Right? Yeah. That's 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 the issue. So let's turn this around because we don't want to talk about lawyers and lawsuits and negative no, brands. No, we want no. to talk about positive things and growth right. in the post-COVID world. So we're going to do a little brand culture trivia. So I'm going to play the intro right now. I'm going to come back. and All right, get ready, Kylie. And we are going to uh, Coming for you. questions. Coming for you. I'm a competitor, so get ready. Oh, I always lose to the competitors. Actually, I always lose anyway. You need to step up. Always, the game a just, you need to step up the game a little bit. I'm trying. I've stopped watching Cartoon Network during the day, so that's a, big, that's a big improvement. I feel good about that. What did help that I started monitoring your? Uh, your <laughs> you started looking, yeah. and it was like turn off Cartoon Network, will you? <laughs> All right. So here's here's the intro, and then we'll come right back. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Welcome everyone to Brand Culture Trivia, where the points don't matter, but the brand does. In this segment, we play a trivia game against our guest. I'm your host, Mark Mosier, along with my co-host, David Morrow. David, tell us about the rules and the awesome prizes. Absolutely, the rules are as follows. You get to guess as fast as you can. You get as many answers as you want, and the first one to give the right answer wins a point. The first contestant to three points wins the game. What do you get if you win? Glad you asked. You get 14,684 Brandology bucks. What is that worth? Those are absolutely worthless, but we might send you a sticker for playing. So let's get started with brand culture trivia. David, why don't you spin the wheel of trivia and see what our first question is? All right, here I go. It is a heavy, heavy wheel. All right, so now it is time for brand culture trivia. I'm going to say a company slogan and you're going to give me the brand or product name. For example, just do it, Nike. This should be easy. <laughs> got like got milk, dairy industry, or the California milk processor board, right? Yes. Things like that. Um, okay. Here's the first one. Question number one. The best a man can get. Gillette. Yes. Is it really? It's Gillette. Are you oh, kidding I, me? I could hear it in my head. That's awesome. Wow, Mark. Where are you, Kylie? Where are you? Kylie, I apologize. I've, this is unheard of. I cannot imagine him getting one right. Wow, that was fantastic. I watched Big People TV last night, and I think I saw it. Wow, that's great. He said so, a biased question, you know. <laughs> and just to, re- just to uh, remind everybody of the rules, you can guess as many things as you want. So if you're going to guess Visa, Say Visa, MasterCard, American Express, right? Guess as many as you can. Okay. So, okay, let me see what I'm going to find another one. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's blank. Maybelline. Yes. All right, it is one to one. Uh All right, let's keep going. This toy came with a birth certificate, adoption papers from Babyland Jones. Hot Patch Kid. Wow. Oh. Man, this is like the, the fastest game the ever. I didn't get Holy the cow. <laughs> it's the fastest answer ever. Okay. It is two to one. Dang. Mark, I can't even use my math. I know. No. I know. It's pretty good. Okay. Let's see what we've got. What's in your wallet? MasterCard. About $3. Capital One, Visa. Capital One, she wins. Dang, on it. I didn't even get on Dude, that was like, that one. No, you were babbling about having three bucks on you. Because you tomorrow's might stay payday. Focus. Tomorrow's payday. That's all you got left. <laughs> That's great. Hey, Kylie, congratulations. That was Thank really you. good. That was a game very quick. Very well played. I think awesome. it was almost a record for how fast that happened. So okay. I'm very, very impressed with that. Um, you are the winner of 16864 Brandology yes. bucks. 
Let me tell you, sky is the limit with those. Well, the e-commerce site is down right now. Unfortunately, temporarily, the e-commerce site is down. So you can't redeem them at this point. but No, currently they're perfectly worthless. Keep them under lock and key. Oh, they will be be worth a lot someday soon. Hey, everyone. Mark and I are really excited about a special feature we have coming up about the rise and the challenges of this technology transportation company that has literally changed the world. It experienced explosive growth, but had constant controversy, making it one of the most fascinating companies to emerge over the past two decades. The firm, which was founded back in 2009, soon grew to become one of the highest valued private startup companies in the world. And yet its leadership, culture, and business practices have all been called into question, and the brand itself has been under seemingly constant attack. Join us as we explore the rise, the challenges of this technology transportation company. We've all used it and the leaders who are now trying to save it today. Join us as we discuss the rise and fall of Uber Technologies. I'll hold no. you to <laughs> no, that is fine. You are you are welcome to do that. So okay, let's let's swing on back. And um, uh, Mark mentioned something. You you were involved in some some charities also, and I, I do want to talk about the business and the organization. But you know, one of the things that that you are involved in is Wounded Warrior. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that. Why you got involved with it, and what all you're doing? Sure. Uh, well, my father served. Um, Excellent. So that's obviously um, close to me and, yeah. and hearing stories, um, sad, but some that are so enjoyable and um, exciting. And um, you just have that in the back of your mind as you grow up and um, have lots of friends that served um, at my previous company. Um, I just said, you know, we need to have something the company cares about. And a lot of our team members, I pulled them and said, what do you guys want to give to? Um, it just energizes you. It makes you feel a connection with a lot of people in your community. And this is what we voted on. And so we decided mm-hmm. to go with Wounded Warrior, um, financially uh, contributing most of the time, um, looking to really get involved with um, some more of their initiatives. Um, as now I have a little more power uh, to decide what we do um, leading the company. So uh, it's just a great organization. Um, for some that have given so much, it's just a small token of what we can do to give back. That's great. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. Let me ask you about the, uh, back no. to your company. Um, do you see any particular markets? Because I know when we were talking earlier, you'd mentioned you had done, you know, work in environmental and in different, different categories of business. Is there one that you see that you're more impactful in or does it, does it really just kind of spread the whole gamut? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think Maybe I've tried it's too to reflect soon to tell on... because you just started. <laughs> no, it's no, it's uh, I don't think I would have started something if I didn't feel I could be impactful. And right. somehow I've always landed in kind of male dominated industries. Um, and so their focus tends to be getting the work done. Right. And right. everything that is involved in doing that. So I feel I can assist those companies that I've really worked with over the last three or four years because it may not be their tendency to focus on more of the emotional side. You know, I say that lines are blurred these days. And um, luckily, um, 
there's not there's less of you know this is a male dominated or this is a female dominated industry but um, i have found a niche there and um, i think it's it's going to bode well for um, you know bringing a tough tough uh, overall brand image but also making sure they understand that there's got to be a sensitive side to it as well that's a really good outlet that makes a lot of sense um, so yeah, I would encourage all the listeners to definitely reach out to you, uh, follow you or connect on LinkedIn. Is there any other ways that you want people to get hold of you? I say don't put out your phone number because we, no, our listeners are really good people. Um, but how, how can uh, how can the listeners get through? Yeah, to what's you? your website? Uh, sure. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn at Kylie Foster. Uh, our web, my website is tagged down there below, but that's my personal site. And then uh, www.themoxiegroup.com. Um, and you can find us there and it'll share with you um, all the different uh, topics and, and uh, segments that we're interested in. Great. And for the uh, phonetically challenged listeners, Moxie would be M-O-X-Y? It's a great question. It's M-O-X-E-E, <laughs> believe it or not. See? Oh, I, I even spelled it wrong. I thought it was I. It is, but um, there have uh, some people have already captured that name and so did uh, ah. a play on it a little bit. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So uh, tell us about the culture that you instill at the Moxie Group. Well, we're just building, but we are bringing on people who are passionate about what they do and then allowing that passion to determine what type of business we go after. I'm trying not to create um, guidelines that we have to stick to. It's, it's a matter about finding the right people first. Because uh, I truly think that drives your business. Um, we want to be bold. Uh, we want to be different. Um, you know, because there's a lot of competition in the marketplace. Um, and I've always felt it's never really about your competitor because everyone can lower a price. Everyone can um, launch a product and um, promise amazing returns. Uh, it's just more about um, what what do you believe in? What does the relationship um, grow to? Um, and so we're just building a culture of um, enthusiasm, um, innovative approaches. We want it to be an open forum, lots of brainstorming, because I definitely don't know it all. And uh, I'm looking for smarter people than me um, <laughs> grow companies. That's good. I'm curious, and, and I ask this because I'm, I'm always looking for parallels and things. And a lot of the entrepreneurs that we speak with, I see some similar traits or behavioral patterns. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, did you play any sports in like high school or college or when you were younger? I did, yes. Um, sports has been a part of my life since I was five. So I okay. grew up in a town of 700 people. Uh, that's all we could do, you know, pick up a game. <laughs> Softball, baseball, basketball, it didn't matter. Girls, boys, we just got together. There were 700 of us. so. Um, grew up loving sports, went on a uh, course to play in high school, and then I played two sports in college as well, uh, volleyball and softball. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot of things, especially time management, uh, work ethic, of course, uh, and, and the team aspect and, and how valuable it is to, to work together. Uh, you just can't accomplish a lot by yourself. Now, and that's interesting, and I think I think maybe that's what one of the parallels is, and that's great that you touched on that. The the time management piece, because being a collegiate athlete, it's I, I, I didn't do it. And I can't imagine David said he played soccer. I don't know that I qualify sitting on the bench as playing soccer in college. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> that whole time management piece, Back. that's a real thing. And I think to learn it at that age, mm-hmm. I see a lot of a lot of the people that we speak with ha- have played collegiate sports. Yeah. And they were successful, just like David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. I need an offline story about David. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think time management is a huge thing. That's probably why one of my initiatives is always productivity. That's something that I start with. And just watching my father and mother, they had a business for 35 years and they were always ensuring that they were investing in the business. Um, I loved nothing more than going up there on a Saturday you know, morning. All the, the farmers were up there. It was a, a grain and fertilizer company. They were hanging out, right? I mean, it was an extension of our family. And that's what I'm looking for as I meet new companies, meet new businesses. We grow this brand, encourage others to grow their brand. Is You got to manage your time. Um, you got to make sure you're trying to accomplish something. Um, but, you know, I, I always go back to Carrie Wall. She talked about playing volleyball. She was a role model of mine. And she said, it's a journey, not a sprint. And <laughs> I believe that, you know, you can't get so wrapped up in this instant gratification and happen to have everything right now. But if you do it the right way, um, your business and brand will flourish. I think that was one of the most significant uh, uh, lessons that I learned from one of my mentors when I was starting out in my 20s. And mm-hmm. I would get just anxious and stressed and I would want to work weekends and just just to get whatever I was doing to get better at it and he'd be like just slow your roll he would be like this is an endurance run it is not a sprint Mm -hmm. he's like just pick up pieces building blocks along the way and remember those lessons because the next time it comes up you start to see it and now we start to see it over and over right because now as we've been doing it a lot you're in meetings the same type of issues come up there's one of four ways of answering that, depending on who you're talking to, and then you launch. It's very smooth now, but uh, that's really you good. Have pretty strong mentors. I mean, were you um, blessed with having some great people around you? And- I did. I, 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 I really did. Um, both in and out. You know, when I first uh, started in, in the practice of law as a trial attorney, I had some really strong mentors. And then as I got into business and segued away from destroying businesses to like helping businesses and expanding them, um, I had some other very strong mentors. And then there was my father when I was younger too, who really came from nothing and built up a great brand. So um, it's always those lessons that, uh, that, that, that I, I still keep with me today. So it's good. My grandfather used to pat me on the head when I was a little kid. I'd look up at him and he'd look down at me and he'd say, son, you sure got a lot of quitting you. So, yeah, I had some mentors. mentors. Yeah, a lot of quitting in you, didn't you? I like that, Mark. That's good. (laughs) Never know Uh, exactly what's going to come out of his mouth. Right. (laughs) Well, that's great. You know, uh, well, you're, you're based down in Columbus. Mark and I get to Columbus quite a bit. So when we are uh, down there, we will definitely come see you. And uh, this will definitely not be our last conversation. But as no. we wrap up, there's a question that we always want to ask. And um, I'll let Mark ask it because he's always the one that to ask. I just always like asking because the answers are so diverse and so, so different. interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah, this is so we're going to get really deep here, Kylie. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, we're going to get really deep. Okay. No, I just I like to ask, like, as a child, as a little girl, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh gosh, let's see. I I always dreamed about being an ESPN sports reporter. Wow, now that really? is a first. <laughs> that yes. is a first. What? That's awesome. 
That's awesome. I would still like to do that. Okay, why? <laughs> why? Where, where did that come from? You know, obviously I love sports, but yeah. from a small town, you don't get to travel a lot. Um, and I just thought it was so fascinating um, to see all the different places uh, that the reporters got to go to, but also the questions and just learning from these phenomenal athletes, these type A personalities um, who just had to endure a lot um, to get to where they were. I, I just thought it was extremely intriguing. Um, so I don't know. I think that's what I've always liked to do. So I, I always say I own a company, but if they call and somebody needs it, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I'm not open. <laughs> I might go. I might go. That's, that's great. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing with us. And, you know, when you, uh, when you open up your international headquarters overseas, you know, cause I, I have no doubt you're going to be hugely successful. Oh, thank uh, you. Let David and I know we've got some great contacts in the UK. So, you know, we can help you out there a little bit. So you let us know. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time. That was great. And we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, David. Have thank a good you day. so much, Kylie. We'll okay. see you. Bye-bye. Bye. Mark and I want to take a moment and thank everyone that listens and subscribes to our podcast. It means a lot. We're truly trying to make this one that we ourselves would find interesting and find entertaining. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or ideas for subjects, great brands that have risen and fallen, great case studies, or fantastic guests that you'd like to see, please reach out to us. Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. That's Brandology Podcast Staff at gmail.com. Hey, David, that was another great episode. We tend to post one or two a week. Uh, unfortunately, don't really have a way of wrapping this up. No, uh, no, we really don't have anything formal or fancy or technological. Um, thank you for listening. Please follow and subscribe. Turn notifications on so that when we post the next episode, you will be notified of the new content. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. Everyone, thanks for listening. 